It's good to see all the celebrate recovery blue shirts. Praise the Lord family, right? Come on. I was an IV drug user for 20 years. March of 2004, God filled me with the Holy Ghost, baptized in his name. It's been 14 years. Come on, no relapse. Come on, I haven't put another needle in my arms. Come on, I haven't smoked another crack rock. I haven't taken another drink of alcohol. Come on, he delivered me from nicotine. Come on, he delivered me from marijuana. If God can do it for Nick Mahaney, he can do it for you. Now I'm going to try to behave because my wife's not here to keep me in line. Because she would keep me in line. I was trying to back my trailer up last night in the dark. And and. I called her, of course, she was talking to Teresa, and I said, where were you all? I had nobody to gripe at, so it's their fault. But I love this church. I was looking last night, I was up to late, I don't think I've preached this sermon here, but if I have, I'm sorry, but I worked till two o'clock in the morning on a sermon. <laughs> Because, you know, I've preached like 50-something times here. That's all evangelists is. That's all the material he has, you know. And the Lord would, I'm not going to preach that sermon. That's how it works. <laughs> but 2011 is the first time I came here to preach. And, you know, I, I didn't start preaching until almost 2008. So I've grown into ministry here both ways I know at the marriage supper of the lamb there's going to be the colonel there with a bucket of chicken <laughs> I know it's going to shock y'all the doctor said I need to quit eating fried chicken <laughs> I said okay if I don't how long do I have <laughs> I mean, I need to weigh some stuff here. I mean, if it's only going to save me about five years, I'm going to the colonel. I mean. <laughs> but I, I've started preaching here in 2011. This church is, this is our favorite place. I know that you're not supposed to say that, but I really don't care. Salem is our favorite place to be. It's like being home for us. And, you know, I, I just got back from the Philippines, so I'm a little jet lagging. But this church helps me go. We baptized 321 last week. And I, I couldn't have done it without Salem, the apostolic church right here. In one service, 203 were baptized in Jesus' name. We baptized 109 women in prison. Come on. 
Galatians 3, 26 through 27. If you have your Bibles. If you don't, you ought to try bringing your Bible. Just saying. The battery doesn't run out on your Bible. Look at all these young people looking at me. Then I'll be reading from Galatians 2.20. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Did you hear that? The only way you can put on Christ is to be baptized into Christ. It didn't say be baptized into the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. It said baptized into Christ. You can't put on Christ without putting his name on you. Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I want to preach just for a little while on being crucified with Christ on this Resurrection Sunday. People all across America are coming to church. And I'm glad that they're going to church. But they're looking for what we have right here. I want you to lift your hands. Come on, begin to pray for me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I need you to touch me right now, God. I need you to touch my mind, my body, and my voice. Lord, I can't do it unless you anoint me, God. God, I'm so thankful for what you've brought me out of, Jesus. I'm so thankful that you you set me free from alcohol and drugs, Lord. I'm so thankful that you set me free from a life of prison and sorrow. Now, in the name of Jesus As I preach your word, God, I'm asking it to go out strong, Lord, and let it be seed that falls on fertile ground. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke any spirit right now that would hinder this message. I rebuke any spirit of doubt, and I rebuke any devil of disbelief. They have to leave this building right now. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood, and I take dominion and authority by the power of your name, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. You see, today's generation has made it popular to be a Christian. Have you noticed just about everybody's a Christian? Everywhere you go, everybody says that they are Christians. I talked to a guy just the other day. He was telling me how good a Christian he was as he was slurping Budweiser down. I'm thinking, yeah, whatever. You see, the world has made the cross popular. It's commonplace to see crosses. Everywhere you go, there are crosses. And when you drive down the freeway, as I was driving down here, I couldn't tell you how many churches that I've seen with crosses in front of them. Sometimes you even see crosses on the side of the road. Y'all ever see that? It's usually memorializing or letting us know that Someone has lost their life there in some tragic accident. People wear crosses around their necks and in their ears. They tattoo them on their body. Everywhere you see and look, there are crosses. 
Colts have crosses. Covens use crosses. Gothics and communes, even Satanists, have some form of the cross that they use. People know about the cross, and they are accepting of the cross, and they don't mind the cross in or around their lives, but they're just not willing to be crucified with Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want you to hear me. Just believing and saying I'm saved doesn't make you crucified with Christ. You can say the sinner's prayer, and you can accept him as your Lord and Savior, which is never mentioned in the Word of God, but that won't make you crucified with Christ. You can shake the preacher's hand. You can join this church, and that will not make you crucified with Christ because it is not man-made. It is not some ritual. It is not a penance that you pay, but it is an experience. It's death through repentance. Then it's burial by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Not the titles Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Nobody was ever baptized in the Word of God in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But they were all baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you today you can be baptized and have your sins washed away. You can come up out of the water a new creature in Christ Jesus. You can go down in the name of Jesus and you can come up free from addiction. You can go down in the name of Jesus and you can come up free from alcoholism. You can go down in the name of Jesus and he'll put your marriage back together again. You can go down in the name of Jesus and he'll set your feet on the right path. Then it's the resurrection, which is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to know you'll know you receive the Holy Ghost because you're going to speak in another language that you've never spoken in before. When this happens to you, a transformation will take place. You are no longer your own, but you are now Jesus Christ. Come on, when you're crucified with him, the cross will cease to be ritualistic. When you're crucified with him, it will no longer be just a symbol, but it will become a part of you. And there's no devil in hell. There's no power in the universe that can ever take this away from you. Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. You see, as they drug Jesus down those cobblestone streets, hitting him and kicking him and spitting on him, cursing him, they stripped Jesus Christ naked, in front of his family, naked in front of his friends and his peers, naked in front of the whole world. You see, this was God robed in flesh, tied to a whipping post. But I want you to know something. The whipping wasn't for our salvation. Come on, the cross was for our salvation. The whipping was because he loved us so much that he wanted to cover us with his precious blood in a healing Come on, healed from sickness, healed from diseases, but also healed from our minds, from depression, from doubts, from thoughts of suicide, from people cutting themselves. 
Come on, freed from the spirit of fear. I want you to know because the beating that Jesus Christ took and the stripes that he bore on his body. If you walked in here bound by depression, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. If you walked in here bound by fear, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against cancer by the blood. That is the healing blood. I come against diabetes in the name of Jesus. But what I'm preaching about right now is his crucifixion and our being crucified with him. You see, Matthew 27 tells us how they bound him and they led him to Pilate. And they traded the life of Jesus Christ, our Savior, for the life of a thief and a murderer. So Pilate asked the angry mob what they wanted. And they begin to scream, crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas. Then they beat him and they led him away to be crucified. Matthew 27, 28 through 29 tells us, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. I want you to notice that the very first act of crucifixion was they made a crown of thorns. You see, these thorns were one to two inches long and very sharp. And your head is covered with thousands and thousands of blood vessels. That's why when you cut your head, blood seems like it will not quit pouring out. So as they jammed those thorns onto his head, that blood began to flow. You see, the first thing that was crucified was his mind. Because if we are to be crucified with Christ, the first thing we must crucify and get under subjection is our minds. I'm here to tell you the biggest obstacle that you will ever overcome in your life it's your mind. The most formidable and strongest prisons in the world are the prisons of our minds. God wants to free you in this place today from the fears and the doubts that the devil has tried to place in your mind. The devil's trying to tell you you've tried to quit time and time again and you've never been able to do it. You've tried to do this before and you failed. But I'm here to tell you, if you'll crucify your mind today, you'll walk out of here a new creature. You'll walk out of here set free. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You want to know what the will of God is in your life? You want to know what the perfect will of God is in your life? That's putting your mind under subjection. That's putting your mind under the blood of the cross. That's putting your mind at the feet of Jesus so he can transform you. There is nothing more powerful than a blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled, 
baptized in Jesus' name. Saint of God who has a made-up mind to live for Jesus. Come on, I want you to know that there's no devil that can stop you. I want you to know that there's no addiction that can stop you. I want you to know that there's no sickness that can stop you if you have a made-up mind to live for God. I want that blood to flow today. I want it to renew and cleanse our minds. That blood began to flow down his head, over his brows, into his eyes, his nose, and his mouth. You see, that's what we need right now today. We need that blood to not only renew and cleanse our minds and our thoughts, I need that blood to cover my eyes. Come on and cleanse what I see because I want to see like Jesus. If that blood can cover my eyes, I won't look at a brother or sister and be critical anymore. If that blood can cover my eyes, I won't look at, at women with lust. Because the Bible says when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is conceived, it brings death. Come on, when that blood begins to cover my eyes, I can't watch some ungodly things that I used to watch anymore. Come on, you better be careful what you're bringing into your house. You better look at what your kids are watching. You're bringing in spirits that you don't even realize you're bringing in. We was watching a movie. I know I might not should do that. but Just get in line. It wasn't nothing bad, but they said a bad word. And I was with my kids. They said a bad word. I said, well, that's it. We're done. We're not watching that. Of course, you all know Jonathan. He said, but they only said one. I said, bro. One is too many. Come on, I don't want seeds planted in that little boy's mind. I don't want seeds that begin to fester and grow in his mind. He already came out of a home of addiction and bondage. Come on, I had to go rescue him out of. I've already prayed many a thing off of him. I'm not going to sit around and let a movie come into my house. Then that blood began to run over and cover Jesus Christ, his ears. Now, I'm just going to tell you, when you're crucified with him, the things you used to listen to, you can't listen to anymore. Come on, the music you listen to needs to change. Come on, it's time we take a stand in our churches against music that doesn't lift up Jesus Christ. I don't care if it's country or western. That's even worse than some of the other stuff I used to listen to. Come on, you better watch what you're listening to. Music will bring thoughts back into your mind. I can be in a store. And I used to sing in all those bars and stuff. And my wife doesn't hear the music. But they'll start playing some music, and I'm going to tell you what. It brings me right back to some times that I went, went through and some things that I've done. Come on, we got to start listening to some good stuff from Jesus Christ. Come on, we need to listen to the voice of God. Come on, I'm going to tell you. Everybody asks me, well, how do you stay clean 14 years? I don't listen to the stuff I used to listen to. Come on, I got my face buried in the carpet every day. I fall on my face and I say, God, forgive me of my sins.
I was talking to a guy on the way down here, a preacher. Kind of aggravated me a little bit. And I said, well, let me tell you something, bro. I'm one week away from not fasting and not praying to being addicted to pornography and falling back into sin. I don't know who you think you are, but I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. And the only way I know to stay into this is to repent and fast and pray and study. I told him just because you're a preacher doesn't make you exempt from falling into sin. You better keep your face on the floor and and better keep your mind upon God. That blood began to run into his mouth. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. When I was crucified with him, I quit talking like I used to talk. My dad used to call me toilet tongue. Because I cussed every other word. I made up cuss words. So when I got crucified with him, I had to quit saying all those old words I used to say. Come on, I got crucified. My mouth did. I couldn't sing those old songs I used to sing in the honky-tonks. Come on, now I can't wait to get to church because I'm going to sing praises to him. My Bible says praise him with my voice. Praise him, sing unto the Lord, all ye lands. Praise him. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Now my mouth is used to tell others about Jesus Christ. Come on, the most powerful tool we have is our testimony. Then they laid him down on that cruel cross of redemption. They took those hands that had never done anything wrong. And they drove a square iron nail through them. That blood began to pour over him, his arms, his shoulders, and his chest. Now I'm just going to tell you, now that I'm crucified with him, these hands that used to hold the cigarettes or that joint up to my mouth, or these hands, I used to take these hands and put needles in my veins, These hands, they used to be violent hands. I don't even recognize the man that I used to be because of the change that God has done in my life. These hands have beat people. These hands have robbed people. Come on, these hands are used to be hands of shame. But I'm going to tell you, when that blood covered my hands, now they're used for clapping. Now my hands are used for praising Jesus. Now I lift my hands in the sanctuary. Holy hands, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, has made my hands clean, has made my hands holy. Then they drove a nail through his feet. And before I was crucified with him, I'm going to tell you what, these feet took me to some bad places. These feet took me to the bars, drug houses, rock concerts. My feet walked in sin. But I want to tell you, now that I'm crucified with him, my feet can't wait to go to church. I don't know about anybody else, but I can't hardly sleep on a Saturday night. Because I can't wait to get to church. I've had people ask me how we baptized so many people in the Philippines. Well, they came to church at 2 o'clock and then we had to make them leave at 7.30. They love church. They love being in the presence of God. I can't wait to get to church. When the music begins to play, my feet can't be still. Because they have been crucified with Him. Jesus hung there for six hours. He fought for each breath. 
he went through pain and agony. You see, they nailed him. And the only way you can breathe is pull yourself up. And he had to pull himself up for six hours trying to breathe with the nails tearing through his flesh. Then he finally yells out with a loud voice and says, it's finished. And he gave up the ghost. Now I want you to know something. They couldn't kill him because he was God robed in flesh. He freely gave his life. And as he was hanging there lifeless, the last thing they did is they walked up and they shoved a spear under his ribs and it pierced his heart and the sack that surrounds your heart and blood and water begin to pour out. You see, when I was crucified with him, I had to give him my heart. Jesus doesn't just want a part of you. He wants all of you. He just don't want you on Wednesday or Sunday. He wants you every day of the week. You see, when I used to get high, I didn't get high just on Sundays and Wednesdays. Come on, I got high every day of the week. And I'm just going to tell you, I refuse to give the devil more than I'm going to give God. I'm going to give him everything that I have. I should be dead from a drug overdose. I should be rotten down in Cummins Prison in Arkansas. But he reached down into a drug rehab. He filled me with the Holy Ghost in that drug rehab. He changed my life. And my life will never be the same. I'm going to tell you a story. I was, my dad died in 2007. I got in church in 2004. So he, we were inseparable for those three years. We was driving Friday, and I just pulled into the cemetery because I never go. My wife says, you never go to your dad's grave. Well, I, that's not him. My dad always said when he died, bury him at Walmart. So my mom would come see him three or four times a week. So he knew my mom had seen him then, see. We pulled in and I just got out. And I just stayed just for a second looking at his grave. But the real reason I was there, 31 steps from my dad's grave. His name's Bobby Baldwin. He died in 2000. He was born in 1967. We were best friends. We did more crimes together than Bonnie and Clyde, and that's the truth. And I walked over. Bobby was 33 when he died. And I walked over, and I looked at his grave. You see, Bobby was going to get baptized in another church. I'm not going to name the denomination or anything, but, and he called me and told me, and I was a heathen. I'm just going to tell you, I was a, I was a cold, cruel person. He hung up the phone and I sat there and I'd been drinking all day and I still went over to his house. I said, all right, Bobby, sit down. I said, you got a Bible? He goes, all he had was one of those big white, you know, coffee table Bibles. Boom. I said, if you're going to be baptized, let me show you how to be baptized. He said, well, that's not how they was going to baptize me. He said, I want to be baptized like this. 
So, Brother Gene, I called my dad. My dad met Bobby and baptized him. And I went back to being a dopehead. Things began to pull at Bobby. He did good for about two years. Then his wife began to cause problems with him. Jobs. He couldn't handle the pressure because he hadn't totally renewed his mind. So when things started going bad, what did Bobby do? He went back to the only thing he knew. He began to shoot dope. Me and Bobby and his brother Gary, we, we, did, we, were every, we went everywhere together. I came home one night from work, 2000, and Gary was sitting on my porch. And I walked up. I said, hey, bro, what's happening? You have to understand, Gary was one of the toughest men I've ever seen in my life. And he was weeping. I said, what's wrong? He said, Bobby's dead. I said, what happened? He shot up some dope, and it seized his heart, and his kidneys quit functioning, and he died right there. As I stood and looked at that grave, I thought, except for the grace of God, that name should be Nick Mahaney. Because I've overdosed so many times, fall off the toilet where you did a shot of dope and wake up with a needle sticking beside your head. Come on, thinking that's it, it's over for me. But for the grace of God, because I've been crucified with Him, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't have to worry about waking up in some jail cell because I have been crucified with Jesus Christ. I've gave him my mind. I've gave him my hands. I've gave him my feet. I've gave him my heart. Let's all stand as the musicians come. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't want anybody looking around right now. Today is your day. You don't have to fight. You don't have to struggle. You can be set free. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, that is why you're in a struggle. You see, when you repent, he forgives you of your sins. But when you go down in that water... He washes all those sins away and you die right there. And when you come out of the water, you're a new creature. I'm so thankful for the day that my sins were washed away. I'll be honest with you. There's times I wish I could just get baptized every service because it felt so good. But I'm talking to somebody in this place right now. And I'm telling you, I was up to the wee hours of the morning working on a sermon I couldn't wait to preach on Easter. And I walked in and the Lord said, no, I don't think so. It's not about what you can do, Nick Mahaney. It's about what I can do. God can change your life right now in just a moment. All you have to do is be willing to give it to Him. All you have to do is be willing to say, God, I can't do it on my own anymore. I've tried it, and look what it has gotten me. Come on, if God has been speaking to your heart, I want you to start coming to the front. Come on. 
If God has been tugging at your heart, you've been feeling that conviction on you right now. You've been feeling that need to change. Come on, I want you to come to the front. Come on. Come on, God is ready to. Come on, I love seeing my blue shirt people. Come on. Come on, that's, that's where I was. This is your day. This is your change. Come on. Come on, God, this ain't it. Come on, there's somebody in the back. God's been dealing with you. You've been hiding it. You've been fighting him, and it's time for you to get, to get, it, out, get it out of your life and be changed. Come on, you've been in and out of church. You've got one foot in the world and one in the church. And you know that if you died, you'd go to hell. But you still sit there and don't change. Come on, where's my, where's my altar workers? Come on. Come on, Holy Ghost field people. Come on, preachers. Come on, this is what real ministry is about. Come on, where's my saints of God? Come on, where's my prayer warriors? All right, I want everybody here at the altar. I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me. The Bible says you must repent. Now, I want to tell you what repentance is. Repentance isn't just being sorry for your sins. Repentance is saying, I'm not going to do them anymore, and I'm going to live for you, Jesus. I want you to lift both your hands as high as you can. Come on, everybody in the altar, lift your hands. Now, I can't repent for you. You have to repent. Say, Jesus, come on, tell him. Jesus, come on, somebody, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I've been going places that I shouldn't go. Jesus, I've been listening to things I shouldn't listen to.